Welcome to Where To Next, a podcast for the driven woman who's been there, done that, and wants to be intentional about what's next. Each week, I'll teach you how to get where you want to go next while focusing on what's working and what's lighting you up. You'll learn to connect and leverage your intuition, acknowledge doubt when it pops up, and have the skills and confidence to keep going. You'll create your next steps with new mindset tools and crystallized wisdom, all while doing life your way and not someone else's, and realizing it's way easier than you ever imagined. Because, my love, living life this way, your way, means the best is yet to come. You are made for this. Thanks so much for being here. Let's dive in. I'm super excited for today's topic. One, because I'm trying something new. I've got my camera in front of me and I'm trying to get some video because I know a lot of people like video. And the second reason why is because of the topic. I love this topic. We're talking about resolutions or in this case, unresolutions. And let me just start by saying, I don't make resolutions on New Year's for one very simple reason. If there's something I wanna do, If there's an area of my life that I want to improve or a new habit that I want to attempt, I don't wait for a random day. I just kind of start and jump in. Now, this wasn't always the case. I was definitely a big resolutions person up until probably, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago. And then I realized they weren't working. And the reason why they weren't working for me. And I have to imagine, I actually know this for a fact through conversing with other friends and colleagues. The reason why is because, again, a couple of reasons, but at least for me, my intention and sentiment behind setting the resolution was always because I wanted to improve some area of my life or I wanted to get better. And Underneath that is this inherent belief that I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. And so what I would do, and that right there is not true. It took me a little while to dismantle that. And the second part to that is how I was going about achieving whatever goal it was ended up feeling often restrictive and punitive and hurtful. So let me give you an example. Like a lot of people out there, I think this is the most popular, I think there's two, most popular or most often resolved resolution, commitment, not resolved, uh, is losing weight and or going to the gym. And what would happen for me is January 1st, I'd wake up and my brain would tell me I needed to follow whatever plan it was I was following at the time or whatever diet or whatever schedule, or maybe it was just something that I created in my brain. And if it wasn't perfect and I didn't follow it to the T 24 seven, then I was failing. Now I will talk about this in another podcast because this is a huge mindset loop and thought loop error that I find we lot of us have and untangling it can be revolutionary and life-changing and I do not use that word that term lightly 
But what that means is, quite frankly, if I wasn't doing whatever food plan I was doing or whatever I was supposed to be doing in the gym, if I wasn't doing it perfectly, then I wasn't doing it at all. There's no room for the middle when you operate from this mindset of either perfectionism or all or nothing. I'm either all in or forget it, I'm off the wagon. So if I had a super, you know, back then I had a different language and my mindset was very different around eating and losing weight and we'll probably talk about that too. But if I was, you know, being good, and I use that in air quotes, because again, I don't love that language anymore at all. It, it implies that, you know, there's some sort of moral construct around food, which again, a different conversation. But if I was doing what I was planning to do or had set out to do, and then there was one slip up, like I had a bite of a cookie, or I had a lick of peanut butter, or my gosh, heaven forbid, you know, somebody cooked something delicious and I had a bite or two or three, then I would tell myself things like, oh my gosh, I'm failing or this is not working. And, you know, I would just go all in. We've all been there and we've all done that. But that is why I stopped making resolutions because I realized this pattern of thinking, this, this loop was tripping me up every single time. So what I want to say for you as you're thinking about your resolutions is what is the feeling what is the what is your intention with any resolution that you're setting and if you dig a little bit deeper and you kind of go underneath that a little bit if your methodology at all feels tight or restrictive or unrealistic or oh my gosh you just you know, makes you think things like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. I want you to pause for a second and ask yourself if there's a way you can maybe rework this resolution a little bit. For me, stopping resolutions and realizing why were fundamental to how I was growing myself because I'm a big proponent of looking at what's working and what's not working and re-engineering and shifting what's not working so that it can work. And I love me a good goal. I love me a good challenge, but I knew that the way I was doing it wasn't serving me. And so that is why I stopped. And that is why, quite frankly, I've got these unresolutions. Now, that being said, let me tell you, I just did. I do love a good goal. Here's what I do instead. And I've brainstormed, I've experimented, I do a lot of different things. And here are a few ideas if you're contemplating not doing any sort of resolution, big sweeping resolution, but if you just want to maybe have fun with it and do a different approach. So like I said, I don't wait until January 1st. If I want to start this on a random Tuesday in March, go for it. If I'm going to start it on December 27th, great. I'll start this new habit then. One thing I do during the Christmas season is I write my own letter to Santa. And this came directly from inspiration when my children, who are now 13, when they were writing their letters to Santa when they were, you know, much younger. And I thought, oh my gosh, they get to put their wishes out there. Why can't I? So every year at some point during the season, 
I take a few minutes and I have a moment with myself and my own letter to Santa. And it is how I set my intentions for the year. And then I put it in an envelope and I stick it somewhere in the tree and I kind of forget about it until I take the ornaments down and we're dismantling the tree and I find that envelope and then I stick it in the envelope or the ornament box and I look at it the following year when we're ready to decorate the tree again. And it's a lovely moment. I love this ritual for myself because it's how I honor myself. It's a little reflection of where I've been. It's definitely intention about where I'm wanting to go. And it's a snapshot of what I was thinking a year ago and where I was. So I, I love this letter of intention. I've experimented with a word of the year, which is pretty common on, you know, the socials. People talk about their word of the year and you can Google word of the year and kind of pick one. And what that does is kind of serves as a guiding, a guiding beacon, if you will. I'll talk more about what I'm going to be doing later, but that's where I'm going this year. I've adopted oh, two words of the year. You could have a theme. Last year I turned 50 and so it was my year of 50 and I had a, a lot of things on that list that were, you know, kind of bucket list items. And then there were a few uh, firsts because I like to tell myself at my age, I don't get many firsts, which is not true. I've had to challenge that. I just need to go and seek out the firsts. So I sprinkled both of those in there. I've also in the past experimented with making decisions around my values. So I know what the most important things in my life are, growth and development, family, connection with friends and family, adventure and luxurious things. And so as I move through my year, if an opportunity comes up or I'm looking to create an opportunity, I look to how I can marry that or intertwine that with the values that I hold near and dear. And what all of this does is it takes the pressure off because when we feel pressured, when we create pressure for ourselves, we operate from a different part of our brain and we make very different decisions than when we are feeling easeful and we're feeling loving and it feels fun. And I'm sure you can Think about that, you know, when you're stressed and you're in traffic or you're, you know, you've got to get dinner on the table for the kids and the kids are screaming and people have homework and deadlines and somebody's coming home late from a meeting and the dogs are barking and the doorbell's ringing. The decisions you make are very different from when you are feeling totally full and your heart is joyous and you're just kind of relaxing. And so for me, I like to operate from that place because I show up more in the way that I want to show up. And I, I bring that sort of lightheartedness and it comes from love. And it's, I know it's in my highest, best interest. Whereas when I'm feeling pressured, I'm often making decisions from my head, which yeah, sometimes those serve me, but oftentimes when I'm making decisions from my highest, best interest, and I'm involving my intuition or my higher self, those are decisions are the ones that really align with me are the forward propelling decisions. A lot of times <laughs> I remember in business school and a lot of you are going to, you know, chuckle at this, but when we set goals that the, the belief was they had to be smart, 
specific, measurable, attainable, reachable, and timely. I think that's what they are. And honestly, decisions to improve the quality of my life or things that I just want to start doing because they feel good to me. Yeah, I see the merits there. I would say I've largely eschewed that acronym. And what I like to do is instead start small. And this is one of my guiding principles. It's always the little things. The little things are the things that matter. Oftentimes we get caught up and it needs to be this giant, this giant commitment and I'm going to proclaim it and I'm going to own it and I'm going to talk about it. But what happens is these giant, lofty, all or nothing, perfection seeking commitments just feel too big and they are too big. And our brains cannot manage a lot of change all at once in a sustainable way. And that's what we're talking about. The core to a resolution is something that you want to do for yourself for growth because you want to just make your life a little bit better. Again, not because you're not worthy or there's something inherently wrong with you or you're broken, but because you want to improve your life in some way. And it does need to be sustainable. So I'm a huge proponent of starting small, one little thing that your brain is going to say, yeah, this isn't even going to make a difference. And that's where you come in and say, yep, I know, I know that's what you're thinking brain, but this is what we're going to do today. It could be drinking a glass of water before you have your coffee. It could be five minutes when you get home from work or before dinner, where you are just laying on the floor with your legs up against the wall, whatever it is. These small habits over time compound, just like compounded interest at the bank. And when you nail that one small habit, like drinking a glass of water or taking five minutes to yourself, what that does is it begets more. And you say, oh yeah, I did this. I'm liking it. And you feel ready. You feel enthusiastic. You're drawn to do the next best thing. And once you hone that, then you layer on. And then soon you've got three or four little habits that maybe you didn't have a few weeks ago or a few months ago. And you've made so much progress in that one area versus this giant lofty goal that your brain just cannot wrap its hands around. So that's one of the things that I remind myself when I think about embarking on this process. One of the uh, other things that's come up a couple of times is this these thought loop patterns or these, you know, beliefs that perfection is what matters. It's got to be hundred percent right, or it's not, or also this all or nothing thinking they're just not true. And they will be the downfall of us. If we continue to think them and believe them and deconstructing them takes a hot second. Even still for me, it's been years that I've really worked on them. And every once in a while I catch myself thinking, oh, right. This is that thought loop again. And it just gives me another opportunity to coach myself through, to see where my brain is on autopilot because our brains love to be on autopilot. Our brains operate according to a motivational triad, meaning our brain does three things. It moves us toward pleasure, away from pain, and it does it as efficiently as possible. So if my 
belief from years ago, I'm talking decades ago, or four decades, years ago, was this all or nothing thinking, then letting go of it and having it be gone completely, I don't know that it ever will be gone completely because it's pretty hardwired in there, but it does take time to sort of unearth it in all of the ways that it appears in my life. So just be mindful of that all or nothing imperfection. And then instead choose to focus on consistency. And again, consistency can be a rub for a lot of people. Consistency isn't perfection. Okay. Consistency is maybe it's 80, 20, right? We've all heard of the Pareto principle and 80, 20, the 80, 20 rule. Maybe it's 90% for you. Maybe it's five days out of seven, right? Or even two days out of five, however you want to look at however you're thinking, it gives you some wiggle room because life happens. You're going to have days that are not great days. You're going to have bumpy days. You're going to have days where your people need you and you know, you're pulled off of, of, of your schedule. That doesn't mean that we give up. It doesn't mean that we say, Oh, F it. It doesn't mean that we tell ourselves we're a failure. Absolutely not. That is exactly when you say, all oh, right, well, I'm having a day. I'm just going to do the best I can. And I've learned through time that if I have one of those days, thank you. I'm being human. And what matters is not that I missed a day, but what matters is that the next day or in that next moment, I make the next best decision going forward, because this is that time of year. I have three questions for you to consider as you think about setting a resolution or not, or maybe you're going to try something else. I want you to consider this. What feels like love? What would feel so loving for you that it is almost kind of beyond any way that you've ever thought about going through this process? What would feel so good to you as if maybe your child came to you or your best friend and what's the most loving thing that you can do for yourself? Okay. Love does not feel pressured. Love does not feel restrictive. Love is not deprivation. Okay. Love is not punishing yourself. Love feels so different. And if you're not exactly sure what I mean, I want you to think about when you are with a loved one, what does that feel like? Probably you have this warm feeling inside. It might feel a little gooey. It might feel a little bit like honey. There may be a color associated with it. Okay. When we make decisions, they can feel like love or they can feel tight. And for me, if I'm making a decision that just does not align with me, that my intuition says, no, I get this. It feels like metal inside my body. I notice my fists clench and I start shallow breathing and it is the exact opposite of how I want to be feeling. So what feels like love? Second question to consider is what do I want to accomplish in the next, maybe it's not even year. Maybe you're not even talking about a quote resolution for a year. Maybe it's Q1, right? Maybe it's a month. And that's another way that I have set resolutions, air quotes, so to speak in the past is I've said, okay, for now, for this period of time, I'm going to focus on that. So what do you want to accomplish in whatever period of time that is? What's the sort of end result? And then the 
follow-up question to that, or sort of the second part of that is, who do I need to become to accomplish that? Not what do you need to do, very different, but who do you need to become? What quality do you need to embody? What feeling do you want to generate more? What intention do you need to, or do you want to carry with you? Very, very, very different than what do I need to do? Now, let me talk a little bit more about this and it'll probably explain, you'll, you'll get a better sense for what I'm talking about. This is what I'm doing this year. I've chosen two words that I'm going to just carry with me throughout the year. And those two words are courage and proud. I like to be proud of myself. So courage is a feeling and I love to feel courageous. For me, courageous is acknowledging when I'm a little trepidatious or I have a little bit of fear or I have a little bit of doubt or resistance and doing the thing anyway. It's not an either or. For me, they can both exist at the same time. And this is huge. When I can acknowledge that I'm doing something big and something new and I'm a little uncertain, a little unsteady, maybe fearful, and at the same time, I'm going to do it because I know I will be proud of myself. So those words are very, um, very tightly linked and correlated for me. I love the feeling of being proud of myself. That is definitely a feeling of love. And when I've shifted to this sort of way of operating or being or letting my, you know, my goals be guided by this, the results I've created are the results I've always wanted. It's not restrictive. It's not punitive. It's not always easy, but it's never as hard as I think it is because I know the end result is going to get me feeling proud. And no matter what I do, that is a feeling that I love to feel and experience because it begets more of that and it gets easier with time for certain. That's how I'm doing this year. Specifically, as it relates to this podcast, I've been wanting to podcast again for, for a while now. And I had a podcast a couple of years ago with a friend and business partner and it what I loved it. It was really fun. And I've been called again to, to speak and to share and doing a podcast is my big project for the year. And I want it to be hugely successful. I want it to land in the ears between the earbuds of the women and the people who want this information. And yeah, I'm definitely trepidatious. I have trepidations. I'm definitely afraid. I'm very uncertain. And I'm the type of person who likes to know all of the steps. How is this all going to work? And what I have come to learn is I don't need to know how it's all going to pan out. I just need to know that I'm going to show up and I know what my next best thing is going to be. And so here I am. When I anchor into here I am today with this podcast and I'm going to spend the next year really diving into making this the best that I can. That requires courage. I know I'm going to need courage. And also that makes me proud. 
Yesterday I had a moment where I was preparing for this podcast and my house was quiet and the tree was lit and I had a fire in the fireplace and it was an absolutely magical moment. It was also the first time I sat down all day and I was exhausted. And believe me, I was very tempted to just kind of, you know, do my version of Netflix and chill. I wanted to read my book. I wanted to meditate. And what I told myself was, no, Stacy, you said you were going to do this today. It is really important to you that you do this. Your future self wants you to do this. And I said to myself, you're right. I do want to do this. I gave myself 20 minutes to kind of just lay there and meditate. And then it would have been easy to just kind of fritter that time away or make an excuse or cuddle with the dog or whatever it was. But because I'm wanting to create more moments where I'm proud of myself, I stay true to my word. And there was a happy medium. It wasn't all or nothing, right? I was allowed to rest. I gave myself that moment to rest. Of course, you're always allowed to rest. I gave myself that time to rest. And I also did what I said I was going to do. And that took courage to see that in myself. And it also made me super proud. So that's it for today. If you are creating a resolution this year, if you decided I'm not and I'm going to do something else, please let me know. I love this conversation, as I said when I started out, and I truly believe that taking a different approach and looking at what's working and how can we re-engineer what's not working makes the biggest difference. Thanks so much for listening. If this was helpful, text this episode to your friend and reviews are always appreciated. I know you know that. You can find me on Instagram at Stacey Vulak, S-T-A-C-E-Y-V-U-L-A-K-H, or email me directly. That's the best place to find me. Hello at StaceyV.com. Definitely grab the link for my weekly note in the show notes below. And remember, until next time, you're in charge. Where are you going next? <laughs>